On this edition of the Table of Content, Michael and I bring to conclusion the misspelled fantasy series from We Are One Body Audio Theater. We will look at Episode 7, Waking the Dragon. I hope you will join us for this conclusion to this epic series that's coming up next right here on the Table of Content. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of The Table of Content. I am Albert Sines and joined by Michael Steele. Michael, how are you, sir? Oh, I am getting better every minute. I'm really looking forward to uh, this final and climactic end to this wonderful series, Misspelled. Ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned in the introduction, we have now come to the end, to the conclusion of this fantasy series from We Are One Body Audio Theater. And we are reviewing episode seven entitled Waking the Dragon. Uh, and uh, where we left off was the last episode after Septimar joined Jack, Jack, the, Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack the Giant Slayer, however you know Jack. Septimar and Jack joined together to journey to giant country, retrieve a potion. Septimar returned to Baba Yaga's house to find that Baba Yaga had been taken by the dragon. So him and the dog took off to in the chicken house to find Baba Yaga, to find the dragon, and to hopefully bring to an end uh, all the havoc and chaos that has been caused from the original episode one. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, we basically pick up right where we left off with Septimar and the dog uh, journeying in the chicken leg house towards the dragon's lair. And it's it, it's a it's a fun it's a fun scene. You know, you hear the big stomps yeah. of the chicken leg house, dump, 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 right. and the dog wakes up and you know it, it's great because the dog is still a dog. He's just a dog who talks. So he's very frantic. And he's very sort of yippy and woofing and is just has all the characteristics of a dog, just that he has a voice. Mm -hmm. So we're following as, you know, Septimar is trying to talk to him and the dog's basically like jumping all over the controls and Septimar. Uh, and then in an effort to try to see better, uh, he ends up inadvertently sort of causing an accident and the chicken leg house proceeds to tumble down towards its sort of imminent destruction. Um <laughs> But I, I think I, I think I appreciated that sort of nuance to we were introduced to the animals back in episode two, and we've had a few more interactions with them. And we've we've given them sort of a personality with their voice, but the way that the story was created, I really appreciated that they sort of maintained the aspects of the animals and didn't sort of take away from that. Uh, mm. so the cat of course is very eloquent and speaks with a Spanish accent, but he's still a cat. He's always still like a cat. Mm -hmm. He wants to be a cat with all the things that come along with me and being a cat and the same with the dog. So I, I enjoy those little details about the story. Mm. Right. It gives it continuity. You know, it's like, Oh, you just kind of pick up where, where you left off with those characters and that's what, yeah, it, it there's that, it creates that sense of uh, familiarity like, Oh yeah, I know this character. So uh, then we change scenes and we're at the beach now, mm. uh, which sounds like a great place to be, actually. I would not mind being at the beach. 
<laughs> you and me both. Right? Yeah, I feel like this is this sounds like a really great place to to be. And you know, I've noted to a few of the production points of the story, and this is another place to to note it because you really. I mean, it sounds like you're at a beach. Like every element of the beach area in this story, you feel like you close your eyes and you're at a beach. And that is, it's, it's really a great nod to the production value that went into this story to sort of put that much effort into it. Because you could have just said, all right, uh, let's have some waves crashing. But no, it's not just waves crashing. Like all the little elements come together. Right. Um, so that's why I can yeah. say, like, I listened to it. I'm like, oh, I wish I was at the beach. Right. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again, that with the medium of radio for the artist, the challenge is trying to create that experience or that mental picture without visual aid it's all through our hearing you know and so it's not so much uh you know showing as much as telling but yeah it's a it's i feel like literally it's a lot of telling more than showing but allowing the imagination to fill in the gaps otherwise and and that's what you know i saw that the youtube video on the making of the sound effects teams and just it's odd how your imagination is led to conclude one thing, but then the actual reality of the making of the, on the technical side of the sound itself is just, you know, horseshoes in, in mud or, you know, someone, you know, tramping on a wooden pallet. It's really kind of cool. So while we're at the beach, we uh, are in, we are reintroduced to Prince Uther and his loyal assistant, Rupert. Rupert. And they have come to the beach in search of the dragon as well. Uh, their reasons are is that the magician that turned into Merlin for Prince Uther has been taken by the dragon. And now he's come to rescue his, his magician. He's come to rescue Merlin the magician, Merlin the mage. Mm. Uh, and you can tell... I, they're they they're fun. They are fun characters. They, they are really really fun. And I, I Rupert has more confidence in the prince than the prince has in himself. Right. And he wants to glory, like he wants Prince Uther to have glory and honor and to be the the vanquisher of the dragon in this scene. And I love listening to them talk. They are fun to listen to and with their own unique voices. So you know. Rupert is like, you know, sire, you know, you need to go in and vanquish the the dragon. And Uther is mm-hmm. a little bit more reserved. He's like, well, well, you know, just hold on. Let's right. let's, let's let's think about this for for, for a second, you know. Uh, right. And so they're having this discussion. You know, Uther's trying really hard to sort of drag it out. Um, and so then they are greeted uh, by a crashing chicken leg house. Out comes Septimar and the dog. Uh, and they eventually make their way down after getting their bearings to encounter Prince Uther and Rupert, and they explain why they're there. And Septimar is like, I, I, I need to try and make this better. You know, well, why? Well, because the dragon is actually my apprentice. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, uh, what? And it's, it's a long story. So <laughs> he says, you know, let me just go in, you know, and try. And again, here, here we have we, we have Rupert, and he says, you know. But sire, how will you be covered in glory if you don't slay the dragon? And Uther's like, well, you know, there's no sense in getting my armor tarnished, you know. <laughs> so right. it, it, yeah. 
and I I do it no credit. I do this scene no justice. I do Ru, uh, Uther and Rupert and the wonderful voice actors who brought those characters to life. I do them no justice. So please listen to it yourself if, if you haven't. Um, so they, you know, all right. So in goes Septimar into the dark cave to try to find out what's going on, try to find Baba Yaga. So he, he makes his way in in the dark and eventually he hears the voices of Baba Yaga. But then we're also, we hear that the cat and Merlin, uh, you know, are, are there. And so he's like, okay, well, these are the people I was looking for. Oh, two people and a cat, I guess you could say, excuse me. Mm. Mm. Uh, so they're having a conversation and the cat's being kind of mouthy and, you know, Merlin doesn't want to die and Baba Yaga's just trying to think. So they're all trying to talk and then in comes Septimar to try to rescue him. And I like the one point and it plays out better in the actual story when you hear it. But uh, Baba Yaga says, oh, it's you. You know, kind of like, I can't <laughs> believe it. And, and of course, you know, and Septimar tries to, you know, stand his ground. It's like, I've, I've come to rescue you. And he's like, oh, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. And, um, so he he tries to rescue them. Uh, it, it doesn't quite go the way that he wants because, lo and behold, the dragon returns. So everyone tries to be quiet and hide, and uh, it ends up that the dragon has gone and taken Jack as well. So he gets Jack into the cage, uh, and now the four people are all there, and the dragon realizes that Septimar is there because he can he can smell him. He's very detailed about it. You know, he the the, the apprentice, you know, is mm. the dragon, but the dragon will call him for now. The dragon's very clear about how terrible a smell is. And this is this is a worse smell than anything he could you know you've ever smelled. And and the cat the cat throws in uh, a little, you know, trying to distract him and says, Well, maybe it's the humans, you know, you know, they haven't taken a bath. And the dragon's mm. like no, no, this is worse than an unbathed, you know, human. You know, this is worse smell. And he's basically making a stick at the fact that yes. Septimar is a really bad person. And, you know, that's, you know, that's how bad he smells because he's the, he's the most terrible person. Right. Yeah. He recognizes the smell of who Septimar hopefully used to be. Right. And then he calls him out, right? Come on out, Septimar. So the dragon knows that, you know, Septimar is there and he's, and he's, and he's angry, you know, and he's, he's angry because of the way that Septimar had treated him. Right. So he has this sort mm-hmm. of long rant about how terrible the bad smell and an awful person. And I'm not trying to condone the necessary, the actions of the dragon, but again, much like I was talking about in the last episode about you would expect potentially a person to respond a specific way after a certain thing happens. While mm-hmm. I, while I would hope, you know, I would hope that the world could in the majority of cases always respond with charity. I know that it's not possible because we're human. So in this instance, right. the dragon is really, you know, he's really ticked. He's really upset about the way that he was treated by Septimar. So, right. The dragon seems to be kind of in his right as far as how he feels about Septimar. I'm not justifying going and kidnapping people, but I think the dragon is like, hey, you really treated me poorly and I don't like you. Right, right. Yeah, you can tell that there's a depth there. It's not just the fact that 
apprentice was changed into a dragon, but there was the whole buildup beforehand of how maybe, you know, years or whatever of, of mistreatment on behalf of Septimar. But it is, but you know, uh, yes, obviously, as I said before, you want the, you want the opportunities for charity. You want the opportunity to, you know, let's make, a, let's make, a, let's make amends. But sometimes it's just, it's, it's, it's hard. It is really hard to just sort of let go, especially if you've been treated severely, you know, right in, in yes. Okay. Minimally. Right. Well, what, what do we try to, to say? At least forgive the person, but right. you don't necessarily have to forget what they did, right? But you have to minimally try to forgive the person, right. but it's hard. It is yeah. hard. Oh. And, and I know about it from personal encounters with people over the years. It is hard to just sort of, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgive you. Let's move on with our lives. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. Or even... You know, I'm just thinking of our two kids. We have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old at house, and you know they uh, sometimes get into squabbles. But you know, and it's you know it's apologize to your sister, apologize to your brother, and it's like that one side can be willing to apologize, but the other one's not ready for it yet. You know, there's still that emotional hurt that needs to kind of time to dissipate before there can be like true reconciliation. Sure, sure, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so we continue on, hoping that there can be some dissipation on the side of the dragon here. And right. uh, so uh, they they have this long conversation, and the dragon basically tries to really sort of lay into Septimar about all the ways that he has been mis- mistreated. And then he right. uses the people that he's caught sort of also against Septimar. He says, all these people, you you just you used them. You use them to get something. And that's the big point that the dragon wants to make is Septimar, you just use people for your own gain. You did that right. with me. You did that with these people. You just wanted something. You just used them. And I think that's another common, sometimes conscious, sometimes unconscious act. And I think in this instance, I think. Septimar was sort of unconsciously sort of using people, but he didn't think about it because he just was so used to it. It's like, all right, you know, I need this. You can give me what I need. I'm going to go to you. You you can do this. You I can use for this purpose. And so he just went about that. That was his life, using people. Right. And and Septimar is realizing this. He As the dragon is as long, having this long sort of talk back and forth, Septimar is trying to say, yes, yes, Yes and yes, I I I did. Okay, it it was I didn't treat you right. I'm sorry, you know. I, but you know, it's it's different now. I'm different now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Uh, all you wanted to do is use people, and he's a bit sarcastic with Septimar, saying, "Oh, you." And, but when he finds out that Septimar is here with a potion trying to turn the dragon back into his apprentice. Like, oh, you, right? And then Septimar's like, well, we have a potion, right? Working together with other people. And then, yeah, there's still that bitterness. He's like, well, even that show of goodwill on behalf of Septimar, the dragon sees like, well, I'm not necessarily sure that I want to be changed back because I've always been made to feel small and weak and puny. And now I have 
you know, you know, claws and fire and, you know, I have power. So I'm not sure I really want to be changed back. And, and, and that's, and that's us. We can make that small point. I mean, that's a problem we have in society, right? You, you sure. with, with, with power, I want to say with power comes great responsibility, but that's a different movie. Uh, that is so original. I know. <laughs> now, Write that down. <laughs> Inter lawsuit. <laughs> um, uh, so no, but I mean, with power sort of comes the desire for more power and yeah. then more power and then more power. And the dragon is experiencing that. The dragon for the first time, has all the power that he could ever want and will mm-hmm. doesn't have to be pushed around, can take at will, can destroy at will, whatever whatever the dragon wants. This is what the dragon can do. And it's, it's hard to want to give up all that power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It kind of points, like you were saying, it's a small point, but it, it points to that the idea that we're never kind of satiated, right? When it comes to money, there's probably always more to be had. When it comes to power, there's always more to be had, you know. And you know, the flip side would be, well, when it comes to love, there's always more to give, right? Or when it comes to reconciliation, there's always more amends that one can make. So, and 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 that's and that continues on through our entire life. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're always going to hopefully be, you know, seeking out reconciliation because. Well, yeah. we're always going to be sinners, you know. Yeah. So, but being able to recognize, right? And right now, the the dragon's in a position of not recognizing kind of what he's doing. Uh, Septimarius, like Septimarius, admitting, like, "Hey, here's how I've messed up, and I'm trying to make it better." But the dragon right. now is sort of faced with his sort of uh, opportunity to sort of recognize what he's been doing, and it's it's interesting because. Septimar makes a comment to the dragon about don't like don't you see you're now becoming everything about me that you despised mm-hmm. and it's like uh oh right you know in an effort to sort of get back at Septimar he became the things about Septimar that he didn't like just sort of taking and using and not considering you know the consequences mm-hmm. uh, and many times that's what it takes it takes we have to sort of be we have to be made a witness to our action, right? Like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't notice, I didn't realize, I didn't understand. Um, so they continue their conversation. The dragon's kind of holding out, and then, lo and behold, who do we hear screaming into the cave? Prince Uther challenging the dragon mm-hmm. to come out, and the dragon's like, "Who's that?" And it's like, "Oh, that's Prince Prince Uther. He's come to slay you." And basically, the dragon's like, "Well, not if I, you know, not if I get him first. So he takes Septimar with him and he runs out and he throws Septimar and, you know, everyone's sort of taken back by, by the dragon and how menacing he is. You know, the dog who had said he wanted to sink his teeth into it said, nope, sorry, takes off. Yeah, and, yeah see ya. But uh, <laughs> Prince, Prince Uther, and he's like, all right, okay, I'm going to do this. And he, he pulls out his magic sword of Excalibur. So another nod to a, another storyline. But he takes out his mm. magical sword, Excalibur. The, the dragon attempts to, you know, breathe fire on him and the sword protects him. It's like, oh, well, see, now you, you know I'm protected by my sword. And here comes the real turning point right here. Because if nothing else happens, 
then Prince Uther with Excalibur will sort of start to sort of attack and potentially vanquish the dragon. And what happens? Septimar basically like, no, you know, he doesn't want that to happen. And he gets in the way of Prince Uther attacking the dragon. And we have Septimar receiving the blow and and falling uh, from the blow of Excalibur. So now we have the self-sacrifice of Septimar to save the apprentice because Septimar has come that far in his journey as a person to say, I don't want anything to happen to my apprentice. I will sacrifice myself if I have to. And it is that sort of self-sacrifice that sort of now changes the story arc from just making amends to sort of really sort of pushing it over the edge. Right. Yeah. There's that final request of, you know, the dragon's like, why would you do that? And Septimars, because I don't want you to be like me. And that just completely shatters the dragon's uh, preconceived ideas and his vengeance and his bitterness and, and everything that, 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 that had been worked up to at that point. And isn't that true? Like, that's what, when you think about heroism, I feel like the what inspires us most about heroism in, in general is the, the self-sacrificial side of heroism, right? It's that idea of, like, someone had everything and they gave away everything for uh, someone else, a cause, a person, whatever, right? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's most of the great heroes. And even if someone didn't give their life, right, they, they gave something. They sacrificed right. something for the greater good, and they were right. a hero for it. You know, So someone who ran into a burning building to save the life of a child, but they came out and they were alive, but they sacrificed. They put their life on the line to try to save someone, you know. Right. So it doesn't have to be... You know, you're always giving your life uh, for a sacrifice. Like, there's a lot of ways to sacrifice for the good of others. It just happens in the storyline that Septimar has sort of given his life potentially to to save the the apprentice. Right. Yes. And so there's the there's the conversation now comes out from the cave. Baba Yaga, Jack, Merlin, and the cat, and they're like, "Oh, you know what 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 happened? What's happening?" And, you know, Septimar is basically dying. He's dying fast, and everyone wants to try to act. And as you mentioned, you know, uh, Septimar has an opportunity to talk to the dragon and basically say, don't turn out like me. I'm trying to keep him turning out like me. And so, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that's, you know, those sort of powerful statements. You know, be be someone better, basically. You know, be be the good person. You know, you have an opportunity. You have a chance. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge, right? Because it, it's it's easy. It's easy to not be the good person, but it's harder to be the good person. So I think that's yes. the greater challenge. Yep. And it's like, are you up to the challenge of being the good person, of being the good guy? So Septimar basically calls out the dragon and says, hey, don't be like me. Be the good person. And the challenge is, of course, giving up all the power that the dragon now has. Mm. Through Baba Yaga talking and Septimar talking, like the the dragon had enough sort of thought to like, all right, fine, I'll become human to try to help save him. They they come together, they try to cast the spell, but there's there's a problem. It's not working. And 
Merlin makes the point about it has to, it could only work if everyone's heart is basically into it, for lack of better terminology. And it's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm committed, and Baba Yaga's, I'm committed, you know. But then they say it must be the apprentice, and they say, look, have 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 you for, you know, mm-hmm. you forgiven him? You you, you have you have to for, you have <laughs> to forgive him. It's like, and you have to you have to mean it, and. And he's, he's having trouble, you know, because he's still angry. And okay, valid. He's still angry, you know. You know, just because now he's human doesn't mean suddenly he's not going to be angry about the way that he was that he was treated. So they're trying to convince him that he needs to truly forgive Septimar. He's having trouble, and and he he's going back and forth. And they're like, convince him, you have to really mean it. So then he's sort of, all right, I guess I have to. And and he says, you know, I I forgive you. He says, I really, you know, I, truly, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I forgive you. And you hear Septimar sort of break in, you know, I truly am sorry. So Septimar's yeah. final sort of like, I'm sorry for everything. And then the apprentice, I forgive you. And then the spell then takes full effect. And Septimar is, you know, saved from potential death. And while it's... I, I just want to jump into this point. I don't want to get too much further away from it because this is really important because this whole storyline, everything in this series has been leading to this moment from the beginning of Septimar being sort of the selfish, greedy, knowledge-hungry person up to this moment along the way all this journey has been about this time to forgive and to make amends. And what we have here is we have Septimar who said, I am really sorry and the apprentice says, I forgive you. And then he has been sort of saved from, from death. And while we use potential physical death in this storyline to represent, mm-hmm. you know, what could, what could happen if there's no forgiveness, right. if there's no amends, in life, right, we are faced with this sort of everyday struggle and where we could die physically, we could die spiritually, but it is the forgiveness, making amends for things we've done wrong, that will save us ultimately. And we see that embodied here in this scene. Yeah, that's it. It's the, well, that's the, the, the crux of the whole story. As you mentioned, Albert, is that beautiful uh, act of forgiveness and offering forgiveness and asking for forgiveness, that sort of reciprocal restoration of the relationship. I, for, you know, I truly am sorry and I forgive you. There has to be both sides there for the relationship to be healed. I remember listening to a, a story or, or an antidote saying that um, when we forgive and we offer forgiveness, it's really healing that happens on our side, right? Otherwise, if we just hold on to the hurts, they become sort of like rotten potatoes that we carry around with us. They become smelly and putrid and they, they make us bitter people. When we forgive, we release all of that. And it's just as healthy for us who have suffered grievances as it is for the person who is the perpetrator of grievances. And we've, I'm sure we've been on both sides of that, both being in need of forgiveness and being the one who needs to forgive. We've been on both sides of that. So, uh, so then in the story, the final, the final bit here, you know, Septimar is saved and uh, everyone sort of now is able to sort of return to, to, their, to their life. 
you know, Prince Uther can return with with Merlin, and you know, Rupert of course can have his disappointment about not being able to slay the dragon and all the glory that comes with it. And the dog and the cat will go off on their adventure. Baba Yaga will return to her house, which of course has been been destroyed to a certain degree. Uh, but the the best part is the end here between uh, between Septimar and the Apprentice, uh, because Septimar has basically completely let go of anything that he had before. Because there's a little there's a little part here where the Apprentice says, you know, are you okay, Master? And he says, it's Septimar. What? It's like Septimar. I'm I'm not your master a- a- anymore. You are you are on your own. You are now headed out to be your own man, to be your own mage, go find your way. And, you know, he says, you know, what are you going to call yourself? And like, you know, I don't know, I have to think about it. And they go east and west, and they sort of wish each other well. He says, you know, maybe we'll meet up again at some point. And they, and they go off on, on their journey. And it, it's a simple ending, but it's, it's, it's clean. It's a clean ending. And we feel that like Septimar is now going out in one direction, a new man, a new mage with a new look on life. And, you know, hopefully not to repeat the, the, the errors of his past. And then we have right. the, the apprentice going out on his way now to try to figure out what he's going to do and leaving behind, you know, leaving behind the, the anger and the hatred and sort of the ill will that he was penting up inside as the dragon and leaving that behind. And isn't that, isn't that so telling that that's with real forgiveness and with real uh, making amends that you can sort of leave a lot of that behind. You're like, and it just comes from, I'm sorry and I forgive you. And we can release ourselves from so much of that burden. I, right. It's exactly, it just, the, the bitterness fades away and there's, there's healing that happens. And then hopefully, like you were saying, the relationship is stronger, but it's now a bit of a new entity. You know, it's not like on the one hand, you see Septimar treating him with respect as a peer and this new apprentice is no longer the apprentice he's the mage is now reintroduced to a new type of relationship as more of a peer as well but also as one who has uh, a questing of his own to do and that's kind of cool i wonder if it sets it up for misspelled two for next year (laughs) the sequel (laughs) the sequel right adventures of the mage or the apprentice or the apprentice right no, yeah, no, it, it's it, it's great. We're we're it's it's left somewhat open ended, but I think that's a it's it's a nice ending. We got two people who have sort of repaired their own personal lives and their lives with each other. They head out now to seek adventure in their own way, and you know who knows who we'll see uh, again. Uh, but I, I've I've enjoyed the storyline. I've enjoyed uh, all of the entertainment, all of the characters, all of the sort of fantasy stories that are retold along with the story itself. Mm. Just everything about this has been a great pr- production to to follow, and uh, I want to re encourage everyone. If, if you still haven't heard it, somehow go and tune in. Audio theater uh, WAOB 
audiotheater.org. Go to our misspelled page. Go to our YouTube page for We Are One Body Audio Theater. Go to our Facebook page for We Are One Body Audio Theater. Just go find us in the podcast. Look for misspelled. Listen to it. Re-listen to it. Follow along uh, from start to finish and and really have have an entertaining, a really entertaining time uh, listening to this story. Uh, and I'm so glad you've followed with us uh, this far. And I hope that you know, you're going to continue to follow along with We Are One Body Audio Theater. Uh, Michael, I want to thank you for you know, tracking through this journey that we were on, going through Misspelled. Oh, it's been a delight. It's been uh, an adventure as well. And again, great and perfect uh, for this time of year, getting into the fall, getting into winter. Ladies and gentlemen, on that note, uh, we bring to a close our our special table of content reviews of the fantasy series Misspelled. Uh, Thank you for coming along, and we hope that you will tune in again to the table of content. And as always, until that next time, be good, stay safe, peace. Peace.